Let me just start by saying this. I love African art. Everywhere I travel, I make sure to hit the local museum and I always go right to the African art section. I just love to see the work of my ancestors. Now, I'm not an expert on African art, but I do know a good collection when I see one. The Met in Manhattan has a good one, and so does the Jacques Chirac Museum in Paris. But recently, I found out about this one collection in central Kenya that's now on my bucket list. It's one of the greatest collections of African art in the world. When I started looking into this collection, I was surprised to find out that it's not in a museum. It's in this place called the African Heritage House, just south of Nairobi. I was also surprised to find out that it was collected mainly by one guy. But the biggest surprise of all was this guy wasn't Kenyan. He wasn't even African. Yeah, a white dude from Colorado is behind one of the greatest collections of African art in the world. I'm Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, the story of Alan Donovan and the collection in the African Heritage House. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nothing in Alan Donovan's early life would suggest that he'd be an art collector, let alone an African art collector. He was born in Great Plains, Colorado in 1938, went to UCLA, and had the goal of working in the State Department, a goal he'd achieve in 1967. Alan was sent to Nigeria, which at that time was going through a civil war. But Alan was also keeping an eye on the war that his country was in the middle of, the Vietnam War. Here is a voice actor reading a quote from Alan's book. The war in Vietnam was still raging. American cities were still in flames. I did not want to return to this America. Not yet, anyway. Alan eventually went back to the U.S. in 1968, a year that saw the murder of Martin Luther King, Robert F. Kennedy, and riots all across the country. It was then that I decided I did not want to be a bureaucrat in this government, even though I had spent many years to get into the U.S. State Department. In 1969, I took a leave of absence. Alan made a decision that changed the course of his life. He went back to Africa, and this time, without official duties, Alan spent his time traveling and experiencing the various cultures. 
1969, he was in a market in Nigeria when he spotted a painting by a local artist. I flipped through Alan's book and saw a photo of Alan holding this piece, standing next to this artist, Morena Oliyami. The painting has a sort of modern feel, maybe similar to a Basquiat painting. Black background with big eccentric sketches of faces all over it. In the picture, Alan is beaming a big smile. That painting was the first piece of African art that he purchased. Soon, he was buying more pieces, and it wasn't just paintings. He fell in love with African sculptures and historical artifacts. So he bought a van and then drove through Morocco, to the, through the Sahara, Congo, until he got to Kenya. That's Tom Otieno, the current director of the African Heritage House. Tom oversees the collection, which includes pieces that Alan bought while driving across Africa in that van. When Alan reached northern Kenya, he lived among the Turkana people and spent time living with the blacksmiths there, watching as they turned a roll of brass wire into earrings or ivory tusks into lip plugs, these piercings for under-the-bottom lip that kind of looked like small doorknobs. He watched artisans as they carved these circular knives called aberrates to be worn on the wrists of some Turkana men. Basically, jewelry slash weapon. Alan was in heaven, and he had decided that Kenya would be his new home. One day in October of 1970, Alan went to an art auction. He sees what's called a baga mass from Guinea. Baga mass are detailed wood carvings with usually exaggerated noses and elongated faces. These masks were typically worn during dances and celebrations. Alan was struck by the beauty of the mask, so he put in his bid. But there was competition. Somebody else wanted that baga mask. And it wasn't just some regular art collector. Alan was bidding against the vice president of Kenya. His name was Joseph Marumbi. Here's Tom Otieno again, talking about Joseph Marumbi. So he wanted to buy it, and he was told, unfortunately, it had been paid for by someone. So he was really keen to find out who this guy was, who had the same interest like him. So that's how they met, and they agreed to co-share the mask until they got another one. That's right. Alan, this white guy from Colorado, bonds with the VP of Kenya over a baga mask. And then this unlikely art-collecting duo start working together. I should mention that the Kenyan government at that time was led by a very pan-African administration. For Marumbi to think highly enough of Alan to work with him on this collection says a lot about Alan's sincere love for African art. With the help of Marumbi, Alan's collection begins to grow at a much faster rate. He made a name for himself, so people would look for him with these artifacts. But Alan needed a place to store his collection, and he needed a home for himself. So he bought a plot of land right by Nairobi National Park and started building. Even in the design of the home, Alan wanted to pay tribute to African culture. Here's Alan from his book. There was never a moment that I started to design the house. It was a mental accumulation of ideas and inspirations. Tom told me Alan's inspiration came from some buildings he'd seen on his African road trip. The house is based on the mud architecture of West Africa, but it's not a mud structure. This is a concrete building, but it's been given a mud structure. I mean, a mud look. The art collection was stored in the house, but it wasn't on display there. Throughout the 70s and 80s, Alan would bring a selection of pieces to exhibitions all across Africa and even in the U.S. Alan Donovan's exhibitions were getting more and more attention, and he eventually realized that these pieces should probably be on permanent display. He decided his house was the perfect place. I think it dawned on him that he needed to showcase these things because having them and not letting other people know about 
the collection was not doing any justice. So he started opening it, opening it up to guests to come and see it. So Alan Donovan began turning his home into the African Heritage House, but it wouldn't be until 1994 that the displays would be finished. Joseph Marumbi, Alan's partner in collecting, didn't live to see it finished. He died in 1990. But Alan kept on with the mission of collecting and showcasing the art of Africa to the world. Alan's collection is huge, around 7,000 pieces in total. And within that 7,000, there's musical instruments, clothes, jewelry, tools, and everything in between. And every African country is represented in the collection. But most pieces are from Morocco, Nigeria, Ghana, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Niger, Ethiopia. Also represented are many of the continent's greatest empires. We have the Ashanti, Benin, the Yorubas, the Oshogbo, just to mention a few. I asked Tom about his favorite pieces at the African Heritage House, and he got really hype about this one piece called a Takana Akiri. He brought it over and held it up in front of his computer so I could see. This is a milk container. So these were carved by women from the Tukana. And, and what amazed him is the tools and the technique that they used to make these things. The Takana Akiri is beautiful, especially for something that was used for such a simple task, pouring milk. It's about two feet tall, red and brown, and it looks like a massive vase. It gets more narrow near the top, and it's decorated with several beads and ropes that wind around it. By early 2014, the African Heritage House had been running successfully for 20 years. But then, in 2014, Alan Donovan heard a knock at the door. It was a few representatives of the Kenyan government sent to inform Alan that a new railway was being built to connect the capital city of Nairobi to the coast. They had earmarked the house for demolition because the railway track was going to go through the house. But what happened is that it caused a lot of outcry from visitors who've come to this house who could not believe that the government wanted to bring down such a unique structure for the railway line. Supporters of the African Heritage House rallied to protect it. Folks came out from all over the world signing petitions and reaching out directly to the Kenyan government to let them know that this house and its collection were cherished. Fortunately enough, uh, it was rerouted and the house was also gazetted as a national monument. The African Heritage House was now a national monument, which had to feel like an incredible validation of his life's work. But Alan was getting older, and he knew that this collection had to have a life beyond his own. Between 2017 and 2018, he was very sick. And when he came out of the hospital early 2018, uh, he had a vision of setting up a trust which, will, which would take over the running of the house and continue with his legacy once he passes on. And that day came on December 5th, 2021. At the age of 83, Alan Donovan passed away at his home, the African Heritage House. He was buried right there on the property. After Alan's passing, the trust named Tom Otieno as the new director of the African Heritage House. Tom had previously worked for Joseph Marumbi's family and had also worked for Alan. Tom told me what he misses most about Alan Donovan. His vision and creativity. Uh, and he had a, an eye for good things. Alan was someone who'd see something and he knew exactly what he was going to do with it. Through Tom and the Trust, Alan's mission of collecting art all across the African continent continues today. The 
collection is growing. But I'll be honest, I know that his neighbors in Nairobi rallied to save his house, and I know that Joseph Marumbi was his friend and partner. But still, I wondered if there was any hesitation on the part of the Africans or any resentment that it was a white guy from America leading this collection effort. Turns out Tom had considered this question himself. My, my, my comment uh, has been that, how is it that an American from Colorado would come here and showcase these things? And why not us as an African? And the reason behind it is that a lot of Africans don't appreciate what we have. We tend to think that our staff are, are inferior and our culture is a bit, uh, is inferior to the Western culture. So we tend to do things the Western way. Now that's just Tom's theory. And I'm sure there were some Africans like Marumbi who saw the value in the art and historical artifacts. But I do think there's some truth to what he's saying. I mean, there are places where for decades and some for centuries, where the colonial powers told African people that their way of life was basically savagery and that Western culture was more civilized. But when you look at the items in the collection at the African Heritage House, you see the beauty that's been there all along. African civilization. African heritage. And what's dope is that today, the house and the collection is being run by Africans. Africans who love and appreciate the art of their ancestors. Because we really want to maintain and keep his legacy going on, uh, we really want to make it better and bigger. Alan Donovan dedicated his life to the collection and appreciation of African art, but he saw it as more than just African heritage. He felt he was paying homage to the heritage of humanity itself. Here's Alan in his own words from his book, My Journey Through African Heritage. To those outside its magnetic spell, Africa may seem incomprehensible, fathomless, in the primordial past. Yet, wherever we are in the world, every one of us had an African ancestor. That much is almost certain. Africa is the cradle of humanity. I just want to give a quick thank you to Tom Otieno for sitting down with me to talk about the history of the African Heritage House and about Alan Donovan. This episode was edited by John Delore, who also voiced the excerpts of Alan Donovan's book, My Journey Through African Heritage. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. My name is Baudelaire. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? 
That's Decodering, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by the New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.